Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week we have my friend Shay Bynes joining us. Shay is a passionate storyteller, teacher, and mentor whose life and business were completely transformed by encountering the unrelenting love of God. She is the founder and chief fire igniter of Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, global movement that inspires, teaches, and mentors entrepreneurs who desire to be led by God in their business so they can experience His best and have a greater kingdom impact in the marketplace. She has authored and co-authored 11 books including The Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur's Guide, Doing Business God's Way. As an author, speaker, podcast host, and filmmaker, Shay leverages the power of a story to ignite greater faith in what's possible when entrepreneurs partner with an awesome and limitless God in their business. Guys, I love talking about possibility, especially in the context of God igniting possibility. So you know, I'm going to have fun throwing down with Shay on this episode. We have a blast chatting and guys, we have had multiple conversations since then because we became fast friends over connecting over podcast. I was on hers. She's on mine. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. Hey, if you love this episode, we screenshot it and tag Shay and I in the stories. Not only does it help spread the word about the Radiant Podcast because I'm being honest, I want to get this into as many ears as possible. But we also just love connecting with you and seeing who's listening and who's loving it. We want to know you. So screenshot this episode and tag us in your stories. Okay. I'm not going to hold you up any longer. Let's get to it. Let's dive in. Hey, Shay. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? Great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I am so excited to have you here on the Radiant Podcast today. We have been trying to make this work with all the roller coaster ups and downs of life over the last few months. So I'm yes. so glad we're finally having this conversation, but we're probably right on time. It's probably uh, meant to happen now. So I am so excited for the Radiant listeners to get to know you, to hear your story. Can you start by sharing about who you are, what you do, how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I am... I always say I'm a passionate storyteller first, <laughs> passionate <laughs> storyteller, but no, I am a, you know, daughter of the King. I'm a wife of my high school sweetheart. We've been together. We'll celebrate our 20th anniversary in August. Uh, we have three daughters from toddler to college age. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am currently the, I'm what I'm focused on mostly right now is kingdom driven entrepreneur. And basically what we do there is inspire, teach and mentor uh, entrepreneurs who desire to really be led by God in, in their businesses and experience his best. And so I've been doing that for about seven years now. We'll be seven years old, uh, I think this fall. And that's what I spend most of my time doing. But I didn't, there was a whole lot of stuff that happened before the kingdom driven entrepreneur stuff, <laughs> if you want to go back. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear. I love the long version. I think it's so important. You know, it's easy for me or for our listeners to look at someone and think, oh, they've arrived. Like, you have a COO in your business. Like, what a dream. But I'm sure <laughs> there were a, a sure. lot of twists and turns getting there. And I think I really enjoy hearing people's 
journey because it normalizes when I take twists and turns. Yes, I love it. Okay, so here's the thing. I started, I went to college for computer science, okay? So I graduated college in 1999, started a career uh, at IBM. And the whole time that I was there, I felt like I won't be here for very long, but I don't know how long. And I really feel like there's something for me to do in business. I didn't know what it looked like, but I always had a some kind of business activity going on on the side the whole time that I was there um, at IBM. But I just kind of kept going up the ranks there. And the more I was looking, the more I knew I couldn't stay there because as I looked at people who were progressing in their careers, I just, I, when I looked at, there was no model of someone that I was like, wow, it looks like they have healthy family, healthy work life, like healthy, holistic lives. I wasn't seeing that. And so I was like, I don't know if, I don't know if I could ever commit myself to an organization at the level that it looks like it requires a commitment to do what I thought I wanted to do. And so I knew that there was something else for me. I had no idea what it looked like. But in 2009, I was writing out my goals. I always wrote out my goals around, you know, January of each year. And to be honest, at that time in my life, that was pretty much the only time I talked to God about my goals, like January, (laughs) January of the year. And I'd be like, Hey, here's my plans, Lord, bless them in your name. (laughs) But I remember that for the first time, Kelsey, that year, I felt like as I was writing out what my plan was, it was the first time that I was getting feedback back. Like I was writing out my stuff. And I'm sitting here saying, you know, here's my plans, Lord bless them. And he's saying to me, you're going to leave your job by June of 2010. And that that didn't make any sense to me. That was 18 months from then. And where I was in my corporate career uh, financially was way ahead of where I was business-wise at that time. And I didn't see any possible path for leaving because I was thinking the only wise thing to do, and if you're going to shift out of your a thriving corporate career to business is that you've got to have, I had my checklist. So I need to be completely out of debt. I need to have a year's worth of income in the bank. I need to be making, I can't remember the amount of money I said at the time, but I need to be making a certain amount of money every single month in my business. I had like this laundry list of all these things that I felt like would be required for me to shift. The funny part about that is that it was God who said you're leaving, but I came up with my list of what (laughs) what I thought would be necessary in order to, you know, to make that happen myself. And so going throughout that year, all year, Kelsey, I kept feeling this nudge, like, you know, it's getting time for you to go, you know, get ready to go. You're going to be going. And nothing made sense to me. My husband was already on board with me leaving, even though it made zero sense. And I thought he was crazy. So I was like, no, you know, I've got to work through this checklist. And it got so crazy and so uncomfortable. I started praying and asking God to have them lay me off because if they laid me off, they'd have to give me like a year's worth of severance income. I was going to have health insurance for like the next year. All these things that I had concerns about, a few of those would have been taken care of if they would just lay me off like they were laying other folks off. You want to know what happened? Did they lay you off? No, they gave me a promotion. Oh my gosh, (laughs) they made it harder. So here we've got people in my department getting laid off and I get a promotion. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, (laughs) of course that's how it pans out, huh? Right, you know? So I go into that next year and I'm like, clearly it's not going to happen my way. And I go to this business event. It was April, I'll never forget it. It was in April, 2010. I'm at this business event in Orlando and I'm ironing my clothes, getting ready to go to the last session of the conference. And at that moment, I heard from God, like I had never, ever, ever in my life up to that point or since heard from God before. And it was one word 
and it was go. And it was so strong. It was like I heard it in every fiber of me. <laughs> and so I knew what the go was about because he'd been talking to me about it for, you know, almost 18 months now. And so the next, I was so shook that the next day I called my boss and I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I got to go. He's like, I said, I'm giving my 30 days notice. He said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. He said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. And he's like, okay. And sure enough, my last day and my corporate job was May 31st, 2010, one day before he said I was going to leave. And I didn't even realize that's what happened until months later. But that's when I left my job. And it was funny because when I left, that was the beginning of the adventure for me because that was the first time ever that I had exalted the, the wisdom that I received from God in a matter that didn't make sense to me. And I exalted that over my own wisdom. So it was such a stretch of my faith to make that shift. And it has been a stretch of my faith every day since then. <laughs> yeah, it has. Wow. Okay. So you left from there. You took the leap of faith. It was obviously a lot of blind trust, especially when you got more money, making the decision harder. I totally, I totally resonate with that because a lot of times when I have to make a tough decision, I'm like, God, can you just like make it for me? Like, can yes. you just make it to where I don't have to take any action? <laughs> Why do you think we do that? It would just seem so much easier if, it we did that way, if it was done that way. It would be so much easier. So yes. from there, you know, when was that? How long did it take for you to um, really kind of build back up to a financial place to where you were, you know, like maybe it didn't match your salary, but you're like, you know what, this was worth it. Was that journey hard? Was that road hard? Like, I would love to hear more about that. All of that, all of what you just said. So, <laughs> so when I left, so, okay, to give a little more context, at that time when I left, my business was in real estate investing. So we were investing in properties down here in South Florida. And after I left my job, I was like, okay, well, I've got more time to focus on the real estate investing. And at that time, I was also consulting people who were looking to get, you know, private money for their, for their deals to do real estate and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I've got more time to do the things, you know? <laughs> and so I poured myself, I was grinding. I'm not even going to lie. I poured myself into what I was doing before trying to make things happen. And after about six months of working like a maniac, I heard the Lord again, are you done yet? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess. Cause this is, doesn't seem to be working. Why am I, why did I leave my job again? And so from there it was the, okay, I need to focus in on my relationship with the Lord. Why did you have me leave? What is this adventure supposed to look like? And really like, who am I in you? And who are you? Like I, I even though I grew up in church, you know, I, I really, did, I, honest to God, I did not really get to know him and who I wasn't him until I left like the matrix of, of the corporate environment where I felt like I was kind of in control of all aspects of my life. I was very achievement driven and performance driven. And so as well, as, as long as I was doing well, things were going well for me. And, and so I had that kind of weird pattern. I, and so I felt like I was really my own provider. I would never say that. I would never say that. But that was my mindset at the time. And so until I had to truly get to know who he was as provider, because I separated myself from my quote unquote providing for myself, 
when I shifted into that grid, it changed everything. So I went from, I was making, I think around $96,000 in my corporate career. And when I left, I think that I was probably only making a little over a thousand dollars a month in real estate income. Uh, from cash flow, from properties, maybe almost $2,000. And then my income was fluctuating all over the place in terms of working, doing consulting with other people because everything was like a short-term appointment. It was no long-term contracts or anything like that. So now to answer your question financially, when did I get to a point financially that I felt like it was worth it? (laughs) (laughs) I have to tell you, I decided it was worth it well before the money matched. Okay. It has taken all the way to, I mean, honestly, I, it took five and a half years into Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur before I was making an income that I was like, okay, here's like a place where I can say, all right, I can see where we're going a lot further from here, but at a base level, I feel like, okay, we're okay. You know what I mean? It took five and a half years into Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur and Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur didn't start until another, what was that? That was 2012. I left my job in 2010. So that means that was like seven years. But I decided it was worth it well before then, because as I was experiencing, as I was learning who I am in him and I was getting to know him for real, like his character and seeing how that plays out in my life, that was worth it all by itself. All the, all the other stuff just started to grow over time. But that adventure with him and the adventure of like seeing the things that he had on his heart concerning me and exploring those things and seeing how he opened doors for things and all that stuff that, you know, I used to have control over all the details and all the knobs. Well, I thought I did anyway. (laughs) Cause you know, I'm not crazy. I know that I didn't, but that's, that was the mindset. But for me to experience that shift, that was worth it all by itself. Everything else has been a bonus to be honest. I really love that mindset, you know, like, especially if there's one gold nugget from today, which I'm sure there will be many more. Um, but it's, I decided it was worth it before the money matched. And I think that we really have to set that intention with our businesses because the reality is, is, I mean, building a business is hard. So if we want easy, we should just go (laughs) work for someone else. Like it's going to be easier to work for someone else. Real talk. You should be working for somebody else. Yeah, like there's, it's, it, you have to decide, like you have to set your intentions. Like this is what I'm made to do and I'm going to pursue it. And that's going to carry me through the hard days. So what would you say about, what would you say to someone beginning who, you know, really has idealized what building their own business looks like or feels like? Um, and how did you survive kind of those five early years? Because I think too, Um, something in the online business space that is important to recognize. And I think this, this message is important for people who run any type of business, but specifically the online business space. You know, if we opened a restaurant, we wouldn't expect it to be profitable tomorrow, (laughs) you know, but we do that with these online businesses because there's less overhead and it seems like it might end up being easier. But the reality is, is it's, it's a business just like any other. Maybe we're not paying rent to a landlord um, for, you know, a $6,000 space a month, but we have our other expenses and we have to afford our own lives. And so what would you have to say to someone to like, you know, stay true to the vision, keep going. It's going to be worth it, but you have to decide it's worth it. Even when like the finances don't match. Yeah. I mean, it is just that you have to decide up front that it's worth it. And you also, and it's okay to feel like there's something else that you have to do to supplement from an income perspective. There's nothing wrong with that, 
right? I think some people will totally, I, the only reason I jumped ship fully was because I had a ridiculous encounter with God that was so clear that I had to leave. If I wasn't, if that wasn't the case, I would have continued to build on the side, to be honest. I just would have continued to build until the point that I have built on the side to a point where I can't do that. I can't continue to maintain both of these. I have to make a shift to spend time doing this other thing. That's how I would have planned it. <laughs> it still would have been a leap of faith by the time you leave because, you know, there still would have been that gap, but the gap wouldn't have been nearly as bad. Totally. If I was going based off of my initial plan, I would have had a certain, I wasn't expecting to completely replace my paycheck. I was just expecting to hit a certain amount where I can say, okay, at least at a base level of our family finances, we're good to go. And I still think that is sound wisdom. I really do. I do too. Yeah. But (laughs) at some point you have to make a call. I'm okay. I've got to, I've got to separate from this thing and I've got to go all in. My all-in happened to be well before I thought it was wise to go all-in and how I would have even desired to go all-in. It was well before that. Yeah. But nevertheless, even still with that, it was like you asked how, you know, how did we kind of survive through all of that stuff? I'm not going to sit here and act like we didn't have hard stuff. We dealt with hard stuff. We ultimately had to sell our personal house. Wow. You know? We ended up having to sell our house and then we went to go, you know, I mean, it's not like, so we, there were sacrifices along the way. And now, you know, okay. You started in 20, 2010. So yeah. So 2010 is when I left my job. Kingdom driven entrepreneur didn't happen until two years after that. So I had other business activities going on between that kingdom driven entrepreneur. That's a whole God story in and of itself, how that started, but that started at the end of 2012. Wow. Okay. Can you tell us how that came to be? But before we get there, you know, you made a lot of sacrifices and you hear, I mean, I was just listening to the founder of Bar 3, a fitness company, and they sold their house to float the early stages of their business. You know, what do you have to say on the other side of, you know, getting to a place again, where your business is thriving? Was it worth it? How do you, how do you decide what sacrifices are worth it in the moment? You know? Uh, One thing that was very key for me is my husband and I always being in agreement. Yeah. That has been so key. Uh, One of the things that we've, like I said, we've been married for almost 20 years and us being in agreement as husband and wife and being one on this thing. If you're single, there's a whole lot of things you could just make a decision on for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter. But when you're married, if you are like, oh, well, I want to go do this and your, and your husband or your wife is not in agreement or is a super uncomfortable and you guys haven't resolved that, it's a recipe for disaster. So key for us was that we were always on one accord. So we knew that as we were taking these risks, you know, where it's like, okay, it's what we feel like God's saying. So we're going to go, go for it. Or here's, you know, here's what we're doing. And I don't know, it seems uncomfortable, but we were on the same page. So that meant that every step of the way, we were able to make decisions together and that kept peace in our household. And as long as there is peace, we, as long as we had peace in our family dynamic and things were thriving there, all the other stuff we could get through. That is a good word. That is a good word. I, I, you know, have personally been, you know, and I've talked about it somewhat here on the podcast, but um, I've been in probably one of the harder seasons of my life. And I've really had to uh, be guided by the peace of God in every decision I make. And it's been, 
incredible to see how he provides um, and how like I'm never, you know, left in the dust, not taken care of. Doesn't mean it's not going to be hard, but peace can be there in the midst of those decisions. And so I, that's everything. Like I have such a, I put such value on the peace of God. Like I have extraordinary value on that because without the peace of God, my life would be a hot mess. (laughs) this entire journey would have been a hot mess, right? So even when things like seemed, when circumstances seemed like they were a hot mess, that was just from the outside, from everyone else looking in. But for us, we were at complete peace, complete peace. Even when we sold our house, we were at complete peace. You know, and it was so funny because like, you you know, I call them God wink moments. We'd have like these little moments and things that would seem like really complicated or hard times where we'd have these God wink moments that made it so clear that he was in the midst of us right? That he was all over this and that he was providing for us and he's making sure everything's okay. Like we had all of these moments that kept us assured and kept us walking in his peace. And the thing is, one of the things we learned about his provision is so funny because sometimes we would look at situations where, okay, like, let's say we have this particular expense coming up and we're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know where we're going to get the money for that. And we think, okay, well, therefore God's going to increase this or increase us over here so that we've got it. What I learned about the provision of God is it can come however. It can be that he increased you or it could mean that he decreased the need. It could be, you know, whatever. So we'd have situations where I think that we'd have an expense for something and all of a sudden we didn't have it anymore. We had situations where we had tax bills to pay for real estate properties that we were like, we don't know how we're going to do it because things are kind of crazy. And then my husband would go to pay the taxes for the ones we had the money for and say, Hey, I'm not, you know, can we make a partial payment on that? And the lady says, I don't know what you're talking about. It's already paid in full. What do you mean? It's paid in full. It's paid in full. You don't owe us a thing. Can you show me evidence of that? Yeah. She just spit out a little report, had a red stamp on it, said it's paid in full. It was like over $2,000. Oh my God. So what we saw, we saw God move in so many crazy ways, Kelsey, where sometimes it was like, sometimes he would give us the increase we needed for a situation. Sometimes he would decrease something. Sometimes it would be like a supernatural debt cancellation. And other times we'd have to make an uncomfortable decision, like sell our house, but yet still see that he's got us. We never were without a place to live. We've never been without food to eat, clothes on our back. Like we've never been without the basic necessities of life. We've been without the frills. Yep. But we've never been without the basics ever. Girl, I'm with you. I've seen God provide in such a similar way in the season. And, um, you know, just, just with one of my businesses going away overnight, I had to really move out of self-sufficiency into total dependence on God. And I'm a self-sufficient girl. Like I love to do it myself, take care of myself, all of that. And I can like make it rain and (laughs) I can make it rain a lot. But this has been a season of dependence on God to show me the next right step. And it's been one of the most peace-filled seasons I've ever been in. And so um, he's provided every step of the way, sometimes no frills, but usually even more than enough, you know? And so I'm so, it's, it's been really incredible. It, it's kind of, I, I think, you know, I remember when I was in mission school and I would see these students experience these miracles, like uh, money would show up in their bank account to pay for their tuition. Like they had, they had chosen a payment plan and it was like July and school wasn't over till August. And they were like, shoot, I don't have any money for, you know, the last month. And then money would show up in their bank account. And God, I was like, man, God, I don't ever see miracles like that in my life. Like I want, I just, I'm, 
I have more than enough because I make it happen, but I never see miracles like that. And he was like, you never depend on me. You never. (laughs) You didn't give me an opportunity. (laughs) And I'm not saying we should all like, you know, hit rock bottom and just depend on God paycheck to paycheck. But that's, you know, not really even the lifestyle I want to live, even though sometimes the church glorifies even that. But I'm here to say, like having been in position... I see God come through the most where I like actually act like I need him the most. (laughs) So so, uh, there is really something beautiful from switching from the idea of being your own provider to leaning into the provision of the kingdom of God. There is just something amazing about that. Yeah, seriously. So I would love for you to kind of share how kingdom driven entrepreneurs came about and that was two years in and what, that has taken shape and grown into over time. Yeah. So crazy story. So it was early 2012 and one of my real estate investing friends, he called me and he's like, Hey, I met this woman, Shay. And I really felt like when I met her that I was supposed to connect you to. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. So he connects me with this woman. She lived out in LA. She was a business coach. And so we're chatting and the whole time we're chatting, I'm thinking she's cool, but I don't, I don't know why he was so adamant that we meet. But at the end of that conversation, she says, I have this client that I really feel like I'm supposed to connect you with. And I'm like, okay. So she connects me with this woman named Antonina Gear. She connects us on Facebook. And this was like March, 2012. And we ended up connecting, hopped on the phone and immediately connected in a way that you know, it's not a normal connection when you meet someone. You know, sometimes you meet someone, you're like, there's some, there's something, there's something deep here. And, and so we experienced that. And so we just kind of the next few months, just as friends, getting to know each other as friends, she lived in South Carolina, still does, and me in Florida. And we were just kind of helping each other out with each other's businesses, getting to know each other as friends. But after a couple months of that, I was like, Antonina, I can't shake that there's a really specific reason why we met. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like there's something really specific. And she goes, I've been feeling that way too. And I said, well, why don't we just pray about it and then have a chat next week? And she's like, that's cool. So we go, we pray individually, come back in a week. And we started talking about some things and I'm like, it's none of those things. I'm like, but it's something. And so I'm like, let's go pray and come back next week. And so we did this like three rounds, Kelsey. The third time we come back, she says to me, Shay, I have these three words, I have these words written in my journal that God gave me some time ago. I have no idea what it means, what it's about, why he gave them to me, but the words are kingdom driven entrepreneur. And when she said those words, what flew out of my mouth, which was clearly Holy Spirit, because I didn't know what I was talking about, but what flew out of my mouth when she, as soon as she said that was, that's a community, it's a movement, and it starts with a book. That's what came out of my mouth. And she's like, oh. And so then we just start having this conversation about what does that mean? What does that look like? And then we're like, oh, well, let's just pray about it and ask God, what is all this stuff? So that came out of my mouth and I didn't know what I was talking about. So over the next couple of months, so again, that was March, 2012. So over the next like six months, it was just us praying and writing and praying and writing and talking, you know, two two strangers two different states, never met each other face to face. And we're doing that over a period of about six months. And I was like, listen, um, we're, we're launching something called kingdom driven entrepreneur. And we haven't even met face to face. We kind of should. She's like, yeah, we kind of should. And so we met together in October 
of 2012 in Fort Lauderdale, where I live. And then we started Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur the next month. Wow. It was the most crazy, like signing a, we were signing an operating agreement for a business that we had no idea what it was other than a word from the Lord that it was a community, it's a movement, and it starts with a book. We knew nothing else other than that. So the only thing we knew to do was to start the book and ask God, what are we writing about? What does this look like? And so we did that first. And then it was like, okay, it's a community. It's a movement. So what's the only way we know how to do community? Oh, well, we can start with Facebook. That's a good start. You know? So we released the book and then we had like, we released it first free on Kindle so that we could put the little, you know, a little lead gen thing in there and then hop over to a community on Facebook. Cause we, that's all we knew. And so we started with what we knew. And it was so funny because the first two years, to be honest, the first two years of Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, it was like no vision beyond sometimes a week, you know, sometimes a day. It was just like, what are we doing? We were constant. We were so dependent on God to, to speak to us about what is this thing and what are we doing? Because it was never either of our ideas in the first place. <laughs> and so we went through this. And, and that's why our, our um, she's no longer involved in operations anymore. But that's why the trajectory also was so slow. Because the first couple of years, it was like, what is this? And by the way, what is a kingdom-driven entrepreneur? We had to spend six months before we started. Like, what is a kingdom-driven entrepreneur? We've never been one of those before. So what is that? We've never heard that before. We've heard of being a Christian entrepreneur, but what do you mean by kingdom driven? You're using specific words. So what exactly does that mean? Yeah. It was a whole lot of just sitting. It was like sitting at the feet of Jesus. Like, what is this thing? And so as we were moving and doing the things that we knew to do, because we'd both done things in the online space before, that wasn't a new environment to us, but we couldn't rely just on the things we had done in previous businesses. We really were just like, you know... I, what is this thing? And that was for a good couple of years. It wasn't until after, let's see, uh, she, she left in 2015. The Lord was like, okay, you've done your part. You're good. And so she left and we're still friends. It wasn't like a weird thing. It was like a, it was a God thing, but it wasn't until that 2015 area where I really started to get more insight and understanding about what this thing was about. So to me, it was almost like the first two and a half years were just like, huh? Okay, day by day. And then around 2015, it was like, oh, okay, I see a little bit more of a big picture. I can at least see a year out. I at least have a little bit more vision. I can I can at least operate in a little bit more, you know, insight and wisdom on this thing. And it just continued to grow from there. And so that was what the early, the early, early stages were like. So we were making very from a financial standpoint, we were making very little money in those first couple of years very little. And it was so funny because people would be like, everyone would say, oh, what's your monetization strategy? Like, we don't know. We don't even know what this is yet, but we're here serving, you know, we're here serving, sharing information. And, and, uh, we were selling books and we were sharing information. And then we did some virtual summits, you know, cause we knew how to do that. And we said, okay, we can continue to serve the community, but we really didn't know what we were doing. There's no monetization strategy. We didn't know. We didn't know what we were doing. But yet we were still doing. And the thing is, I think a lot of people won't even move unless they have like this, you know, some full blueprint. Totally. But like God wouldn't show us anything unless we were moving. Totally. We had to move and then he'd reveal more. We'd move and then he'd reveal more. And that's what the whole first, you know, honestly, the first three, four, for even after she left, like that next year, year and a half, it was like he was just showing me a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more as, as I moved. I still don't have like some 10-year vision. I don't. But I've got way more than I used to have. <laughs> Same. So what do you say to the person who, who like 
you know, one of my favorite scriptures is your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And, yeah. you know, if, if I think about that imagery, I, the, a lamp only gives me so much light. It gives me l- l- light for the next step, but not like a football field ahead. Right. <laughs> and so how do you take that next step in faith? And does your faith increase over time? What do you have to say to that? Because I think, you know, our listeners are, you know, they know they probably need to take a step. They yes. might be paralyzed with fear. And some days I feel like that. Yeah. Um, but is once you take that step, does that increase your faith for the next one and the next one? And, and do you think there's value in not rushing it? Cause it sounds like you didn't demand too much of right. kingdom driven entrepreneur too soon. You allowed right. for the slow build, which built a strong foundation. Yes. Yes. So to your first question, that has been my experience right? I, I call it the lifestyle of yes. I me going through this series of just like being obedient to one step at a time and just eat, whether it was uncomfortable for me or didn't understand all the details or whatever, me just saying yes and taking a step in those directions in those early years, it, I, it was building my faith because I'd see the, I'd see the fruit. I don't mean the financial fruit, but I would see fruit of the, of, of my yes. You know, I could see people's lives being impacted. I could see, you know, God opening up a door here or him giving more, you know, more insight into an area here. Like I was always seeing fruit and I was seeing myself grow and seeing myself develop. And so as long as, so the more I did that, the more I took what I call, I I call them risk because it feels like a risk at the time. But as you do those things and take those risks in the ways that he's leading, eventually you start to realize that this is not very risky at all because he sees the end from the beginning. And he's, so if he's saying it, then I'm moving though. The quote unquote risk is your ability to trust yourself that you're, that you're, that you're actually sensing the leading of the Lord versus something else. Right. So really growing in that intimacy with him and that helps to build your faith, helps you continue to make moves. And the thing is, if you understand how much he loves you and how he's not sitting around just like, Oh, you made a mistake. No, he also is a course corrector. So I, once I got over like any fear of if I make a mistake, like that's a bad thing. It didn't matter. My heart was always to just to to do what's on God's heart. Like that was always my intent. And so if I do that and something doesn't work out or something's not a something's a mistake, then because of intimacy with him, I get the course correction and then I just shift and everything is okay. And I don't have to be con- condemning myself and I'll also see how he will restore what I may have lost in the process. So it's just like it has it been a constant build of faith, uh willing to make moves seeing, seeing God in the movement and just continuing to just say yes over and over and over and over again. And I would say it absolutely has built faith over the, over time. That is good. I love that you mentioned, you know, God's a course corrector, because if I look at my own journey, decisions I almost made or decisions I did make that were stretching something out far too long, you know, God gently nudged me into a little pivot if I needed to reroute. And so- Um, I love that you said that. And I think that frees us up a little bit to make decisions. Yes, it should free us completely, right? Yeah, because if we really believe God will take care of us in court, and and if we think of God as a parent too, like you're not going to 
just continuously punish your child if they go off course, you'll just be like, okay, honey, like let's, let's pivot, let's get back on track. And so, you know, we might not all have the best examples of parents, but we do know at least from a movie, what a good parent looks like. And so if we can re, you know, reassess our view of God and who he is as a parent, we're going to mess up, but any good parent has grace and compassion for their child when they mess up. And so, um, that has, allowed for a lot of freedom and taking the pressure off because good Lord, yes, um, I, we can just put so much pressure on ourselves. That's right. And it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong on us. And that's why Jesus said that he, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like we're not even supposed to hold on to that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. That's a good word. So what would you say um, for the person starting out, like I would love mm-hmm. for you to kind of give someone some takeaways of their journey, getting comfortable with the pivots and the change of courses, all of that. What would you say to that person to encourage them to keep going? Because you've really run the race and you've you've kept going even when it's hard. I, again, I love the gold nugget from this episode of like you have to decide it's worth it before the money matches. And I think that's for anything of value in life. And so I would love for you to kind of give a, give a bit of encouragement for that listener who just needs to know you can keep going. You've got this. Yeah. There is so much good on the other side of hard stuff. I, there, there is, there is treasure on the other side and, and it would be a tragedy to quit before you experience the treasure on the other side. And the other beauty of it is even in the hard stuff, there's actually treasure in the hard stuff and you don't realize it while you're going through it. But it's not just the treasure in a destination. There's treasure there, but there was also treasure in the journey there that sometimes you just don't recognize until you're on the other side of it. But I encourage you to look for it in the midst of it. That was what kept me going as I was experiencing even the treasure in the journey. That's that's the beauty of it. But if you just continue to move, you will experience his best on the other side of that. And his best included some of the hard stuff that you had to work through that was preparing you for what was on the other side for you. There's so much value that's taking place in what you're experiencing right now that's positioning you and preparing you for what God has for you next. So don't discard that. Don't discard whatever it is that you're working through right now. Just continue to allow God to lead and guide you and just continue to do the things, do the work in his grace and keep moving forward because there is so much goodness, not only in both the journey and on the other side of the hard stuff. Oh, that is good, man. I could have you here and just let you take the floor all day long because I have gleaned <laughs> so much from this episode. Shay, what is going on in your business now? What's next? And how can our listeners, you know, connect with you and keep up if they want to work with you? Yeah. So let's see, there's a couple of new things that have happened with Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur because in the past we focused mostly on, uh, you know, course we have our course called Firestarter School. And we have our mentoring program called Igniter's Mentoring Program. A couple of the new things that we have going on this year is we're doing live events. So we have a live event coming. It's called KDE Live. Uh, that's coming up in October in Kansas City. And we also uh, have a certification, a Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur Certification. Now, the certification is specifically for people who are business coaches, business consultants, business advisors, business strategists who serve an audience of Christian entrepreneurs. And we're really helping them to um, to look at their businesses and focus on their businesses and build their businesses in a kingdom-driven way and to be able to provide kingdom-driven support 
to believers in business. And so that everybody can experience God's best in the situation. And so that's what we're working on right now. So much fun. But if anyone wants to get connected to all the things we've got going on with Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, podcast, course, mentoring, et cetera, they can go to kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com. Awesome. Shay, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait for our Radiant listeners to get to follow along with you on your podcast and with the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur community. I will definitely have to have you back on because again, this was jam-packed full of wisdom. So thank you so much. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. As a pro, the last thing you need is to run out of what you need. And time spent waiting on supply runs is money right out of your pocket. The good news is the Home Depot can deliver straight to the job site. That keeps your crews on the job, not the road. And that saves you money, putting time back in your day and savings back where they belong. Delivery options, big, small, right to the job site. Whenever you say, visit homedepot.com slash delivery. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right ream easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest ream water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done.